the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. is a big job. There's so much to learn and do. God's Word is something you can depend on to help you and guide you every step of the way. So read it, sing it, and hide it in your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your Word
just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing story from the Bible in Living Sound. Oh, it's been a great Passover feast, Mary. And I'll be glad to get home. Home is the best place in the world, though it be humble and poor. No home is poor with you around, Mary. <laughs> You're a good husband, Joseph. Any woman would be proud of you. <laughs> Not to change the wonderful channel of our conversation, but are we about ready? I think the rest of the Nazareth caravan is. So are we. Good. I'll tell the caravan leader. getting rather tired, Joseph. Of course you are, Mary dear. All the women and children are. And that's why the leader plans to stop for the night at that level place up ahead there. As soon as we stop, Jesus and I will make you a pallet. We'll do the work, and you rest. <laughs> Where is Jesus? I haven't noticed him around. Well, uh, neither have I, but, but don't worry. As soon as we stop, he'll show up to help. He always does. He's a good boy, Joseph. As yet, I have found no fault in him, none whatsoever. Yeah, there it is, my dear, the signal to stop. Luckily, we're right by a shade tree. Here, let me help you off the donkey. <laughs> Just a minute, dear, and I'll place this blanket on the ground. You do nothing but rest. There. There, my darling wife. Rest. Relax. Jesus and I will... Where is Jesus? I thought surely he'd show up as soon as we'd stopped. I've been thinking, Joseph. Have we seen Jesus all day? You mean since we left Jerusalem? I don't recall having seen him at all. Oh, it's nothing to worry about, Mary. He's still a child. Probably with some of the other children. Joseph, we have been so absorbed in chatting and visiting with friends that we've not concerned ourselves with Jesus. We've lost sight of the Son of God for an entire day. Not for one moment, let alone an entire day, should we neglect or lose sight of him. I'll go look for him. I've, I've looked everywhere, Mary. Jesus isn't here. Are you sure? I've questioned people in every shelter, children, men, women. Jesus is not here. He must still be in Jerusalem. Can we go now to Jerusalem to find him? No, Mary. We must wait until morning. We will start before sunup. Now, just as soon as we can see the road. <laughs> there. There's a tower of the city wall. We're almost there. Maybe we can find Jesus yet tonight. Well, it's getting late. It's almost dark, but we'll try. seems no one has seen Jesus. Shall we give up for tonight, Mary dear? I guess we'll have to. We'll start out again early in the morning. Pardon me, sir, but have you seen a boy, 12 years old, about this tall? Name is Jesus. No, don't believe I have. We've been from one end of Jerusalem to the other. No Jesus. What could have happened to him? I wish I knew, Mary. 
We haven't been inside the temple courts. No, but what would he be doing in the temple? There's no special feast or celebration. Well, it's worth trying, isn't it? Come on. We'll walk around inside and see if he's there. He isn't in the temple. I think you'd better rest. Sit down on these steps. Oh, thank you. May I ask a question? Of course, young man. I thought I heard him. The best way, my boy, it is to Jesus. Scripture, That's his voice. It's coming from that room. We'll go see. To interpret scripture. Take our word for truth. I'd like to hear Jesus' answer to that. May I inquire then, sir, what is meant by Isaiah when he wrote, Whom shall I teach knowledge? And who shall I make to understand doctrine? Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Certainly that must mean that we are to study Scripture for the truth. Your questions are very searching, young man, worthy of thought and meditation. Uh, any more questions? If it pleases you, sir, I should like to ask a question about God, the real God, his personality, his purpose in creating man, his... Uh, it is not given to man to understand all the mysteries of God. Scripture, sir, abounds in the expression, fear God. Is God to be feared? Is he a God of hate and vengeance? Yeah, he certainly is, my boy. Disobey his commandments and you will personally experience God's vengeance. Scriptures are full of the expression, the fear of the Lord, and we must do just that. Does not Solomon, the wisest of all men, define the expression thus? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now, sir, if we were to substitute what fear is, as defined by Solomon, do we not have real meaning to the phrase? For example, to hate evil prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Again, to hate evil is the beginning of wisdom. God is a God of vengeance, my boy. He is a stern, demanding God. This is the opinion of the learned men of our nation. Thus, it is truth. Did not Jeremiah, the great man of God, write, The Lord hath appeared, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Does that sound like God is a stern God of hatred, vengeance, and fear? Let's get him and go home. You are a very knowledgeable boy. As you say, Mary. But you must learn that God Jesus. has appointed priests and scribes to interpret his holy word. Son. You must abide by our truth and our decisions. Son. Yes, Mother. Come, we must go home. Yes, Mother. Son, you, you have been missing for three days. Certainly you knew your father and I would be worried. Why have you dealt thus with us? How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? This answer by Jesus puzzled Joseph. But Mary in her heart realized the true meaning of his words. His father's business, studying, understanding the scriptures, and the true nature of God, and teaching those things to others, is his business here on earth. Oh God, help me to be a true mother to thy son. Help him, O oh God, to do and fulfill thy mission. Help him, O oh Lord, to grow in strength every day, and to do thy will.
gladly sign my life away But quickly, quickly fill that bowl Cause if you don't, I may lose control mm. Oh, mm. Ooh. Ooh, it's good mm. Oh. Esau mm. saw the soup Esau saw the soup Jacob made a meal and he knew he had a deal When Esau saw the soup Esau saw the soup Esau saw the soup Jacob made a meal and he knew he had a deal When Esau saw the soup 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 Come in. Hello, Pastor Perez. Are you busy? I'm <laughs> just working on this week's sermon. Some would say I'm not busy enough. What can I do for you, Hannah? I got another question about prayer. I hope you don't mind me bugging you so much. Mind? If someone in my congregation wants to talk to me about something as important as prayer, are you kidding? Sit down and tell me what's on your heart. Not what. Who. Okay, who's on your heart? Andrew. And who is Andrew? Only the most evil, most terrible, most awful person on earth. Wow, this sounds serious. It is. He enjoys making my life miserable. He's always starting nasty rumors about me and saying that I'm a wicked witch. Are the nasty rumors true? No. Are you a wicked witch? No. (laughs) Then what's the problem? You said that Jesus wants us to pray for our enemies. Well, I don't want to pray for Andrew. I don't like him. He makes me mad. Then you might want to pray for you. Me? Yeah. Ask God to help you become more forgiving, more loving. Ask him to show you how you can help Andrew stop being such a pain. If Jesus can pray for those who put him on the cross, you can certainly pray for someone who calls you a wicked witch. Would you like to do that right now? Sure. Will you help me? Absolutely. Dear Jesus, Hannah has a problem and needs your help. Please come into her heart and teach her how to be more loving, even to someone like Andrew. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14.6 And Romans 10, 9, and 11 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. And Romans 10, 9, and 11 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Just by a Thread by Keith Kenoki. Gladys and Lottie were excited. This was the weekend of the revival at the Monte Vista Church. Pastor Thurlow had announced that a visiting minister from Philadelphia was going to be speaking on Bible prophecy and the end of the world. Gladys was looking forward to seeing her friends and listening to the good gospel music. Lottie liked the preaching, but especially enjoyed the wide variety of delicious food at the potluck. The hours of that day moved on at a snail's pace. Both girls were eager for sunset and the meeting scheduled for 7.30. Bessie Wright was a stern mother. She would tolerate no monkey business from her girls and had given specific instructions that they were to be washed and dressed, ready to ride to town no later than 6.30. Neither of the girls needed coaxing this time. In fact, Gladys and Lottie were dressed and ready by four o'clock. Both were clean and crisp in their white dresses with full skirts to the ankle. At 13, Gladys was more mature. She decided to pass the time by reading a book, so she sat on the front porch and was soon engrossed in her story. Lottie was only nine and not so easily entertained. She busied herself throwing a ball against the side of the house. That seemed to satisfy her until the ball took an unexpected bounce off the wall and sailed over a nearby barbed wire fence. No problem, she would simply fetch the ball back. She maneuvered her way through the fence, got the ball, and was attempting to return when a terrible thing happened. Her beautiful white dress caught on the sharp wire and ripped. A huge triangle-shaped tear slashed into the soft white fabric. Lottie began to cry. Gladys put down her book when she heard crying around the corner of the house. She quickly ran to her teary-eyed sister and tried to comfort her. Now I won't be able to go to the meeting at the church, Lottie sobbed. I don't have another dress, and this one is ruined. It's okay, Lottie, Gladys answered. Let's go see if Mom can fix it. The girls made their way into the house and explained the problem. Mother was upset. It was nearly sundown, and there was simply no time to mend the torn dress. And Lottie had no other Sabbath dress. She would have to stay home and miss the revival. Gladys tried to pin the tear with a safety pin, but it didn't work. The rip was too big and too obvious. There were tears in Lottie's eyes as she watched the rest of the family head for town in the revival meeting. She had to stay home with her aunt and miss the good times, but then she had only herself to blame. There was an obvious vacancy in the church pew next to Gladys. Lottie always sat right beside her for prayer meeting and church service. Gladys felt bad that her sister was absent as the weekend revival began. But when it came time for prayer, she knelt and included a new sentence in her petition to God. Lord, please mend Lottie's dress so that she can come to church tomorrow. It was a simple request, uttered in childlike faith. Perhaps fixing her sister's Sabbath dress was too small a thing to ask of a big God. After all, God was probably only concerned about the big problems, like keeping planets in their courses or helping control the weather. Nevertheless, Gladys prayed that the tear in the dress would be mended. Morning dawned bright and clear. It was Sabbath, and there would be meetings at the church. 
family, friends, fun, and food. Gladys bounded from bed and hurried into Lottie's room to check the closet. Lottie was rubbing sleep from her eyes. She had been totally unaware of her sister's prayer. What are you doing in my closet, she protested. I want to see your Sabbath dress, Gladys responded. You know I tore that dress and will have to stay home from church again today, Lottie said sadly. Gladys paid no attention and rummaged through the hanging clothes until she found the dress. Pulling it out, she threw it across the bed to search for the tear. Lottie, the tear is gone, Gladys gasped. Both girls scanned the entire dress, every square inch, but could find no trace of the tear. It was as though the dress had never been torn at all. Lottie looked at her sister with round eyes. How did my dress get fixed, she asked. I don't know, Gladys responded in disbelief. I prayed for God to mend it. I guess last night he did. Gladys clutched the dress and ran downstairs with Lottie close behind. Mom, Mom, Gladys shouted. The dress, Lottie's dress has been fixed. The tear is gone. Mother was sitting on the sofa talking to her friend Mavis. Let me see the dress. I didn't have time to repair the tear yet, she said. You girls just didn't look carefully enough. The tear is there, all right. She began to look for the rip in the garment. She looked and looked. Pretty soon, Mavis joined in. Both ladies went over every inch of fabric, but the tear was gone. It had vanished. There was absolutely no sign that the Sabbath dress had ever been damaged. It was just like brand new. What do you make of it? asked Mavis. I don't know, Mother said quietly. Gladys couldn't keep silent another minute. Mom, last night at Revival, I prayed that God would mend Lottie's dress so she could go to church today, and God answered my prayer. The two women looked somewhat skeptical, yet there was no denying the fact that the dress was like new. Maybe God was in the business of answering simple, heartfelt prayers. Maybe God could mend dresses better than the best seamstress. The white dress was proof. God does care about little things. Lottie wore the miracle dress to church that Sabbath and for many Sabbaths to come. Folks all over the San Luis Valley came to see the dress, hear the story, and be amazed. Maybe some of you are wondering if this story is really true. I can tell you for a fact that it is absolutely true. You see, these events happened back in the year 1912. Gladys is my grandmother. And last Sabbath afternoon, I sat and listened as she recounted the story again. Nearly 80 years of retelling have not diminished the wonder of the night God played Taylor. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come.
children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.